Welcome to your daily cup of true crime in 15 minutes or less from Hot Crime Cold Coffee. Listener discretion advised due to sensitive material and some violence. These daily episodes are brought to you Monday through Friday in addition to our regular weekly episodes that you can find on Wednesdays and Fridays. Hey everybody and welcome back to your daily cup of true crime in 15 minutes or less. Wow, it has been more than a minute since we've done these. I think the last one was probably December or even November. Angie and I needed to step back, rethink everything, and come up with a better plan because we are so busy and there's just so much going on all of the time that we needed to be more focused and more intentional in our podcast. So I hope you enjoy some of the changes that we have coming up. And what better way to start us off today for this quick mini episode is, of course, with your daily true crime trivia question. And today's true crime trivia question is, which child inspired the Amber Alert? And of course, we'll have the answer for you tomorrow during our regular episode. Today in true crime history on March 22nd, 1991, Pamela Smart was convicted of being an accomplice to first degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and witness tampering in the death of her husband, Gregory Smart, which occurred in 1990. Essentially, it was a case of murder by proxy. Pamela had convinced her partner at the time, who was her 15-year-old student, William Billy Flynn, and three of his friends to murder her husband. What murder by proxy is, is that you are the one who orders the murder. It can be something like a hired hitman, or in this case, she had these guys absolutely convinced that they needed to do it. She will probably never be released. She is serving life imprisonment without the possibility of parole, and she's incarcerated at Bedford Hills Correctional Facility. I remember this case because it was talked about a lot. I think the reason why is because Pamela Smart was an educational figure and Billy William Flynn was her student and she seduced him, had sex with him and then ruined his life. Educators, they're authority figures, they're parental figures. They're supposed to guide their students and instead four kids went to prison because of her absolutely sickening. And to this day, it is something that educators should never, ever, ever do. And usually when that happens, they are charged and even convicted. All right. Now for true crime headlines and updates. Unless you've been living under a rock, of course, you've heard about the case of Alec Murdoch, also known as Alex Murdoch. There have been huge discussions, multiple threads on how you pronounce his name correctly. And I'm just, they pronounced it in court as Alec Murdoch. So that's what I'm going to go with. B 
because of his whole trial and his conviction, there have been other deaths that have been brought up, including that of Stephen Smith. And yesterday, the SLED, the special or the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, they have reclassified Stephen Smith's death as a homicide, and they have said that they are going to reopen the investigation. So now it's a current homicide investigation. His mom has worked so hard to get answers for her son, and it's something that you know, his death was absolutely questionable and probably should have been classified as a homicide back then. But now that we're more aware of what went on in that area, it's a possibility that it was discouraged for it to actually be opened as a homicide case back then. You know, his death occurred in 2015 and he was found dead on a road at first it was classified as a hit and run and then it wasn't his mom last week set up a gofundme account to help exhume his body and get an independent autopsy so that they could get more answers and hopefully get it reclassified as a homicide however sled beat her to it and said because of all of the information that they had collected during the investigation of Alec Murdoch that they had already decided to reopen it. I think a lot of it also had to do with all of the publicity and the public has been very involved since they've known about Stephen Smith's death and the circumstances. No one just dies in the middle of a road in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't happen. So hopefully Steven's mom can get the answers that she needs. All right, you guys, you know that I love when Jane and John Doe's get their names back. It is something that just, you know, tickles my heartstrings and it's close to my heart. I have a friend that had gone missing and it took him about two years to get his name back, which as we know, that's not a long time for Jane and John Doe's to be identified. And yesterday it was announced that the Jane Doe with the scorpion tattoo has been identified as Kristen Belusco. Her body was found on September 20th, 1991. She was found handcuffed, strangled, beaten in the head with a hammer and lit on fire on Seaview Avenue on the East shore of Staten Island. And they've never found her killer because of familial DNA and genealogical research. They were able, able to give her her name back. But here's the thing. At the time that she went missing, so did her daughter, Krista Nicole, who was two years old at the time. She would be about 34 years old right now. And no one knows what happened to her. We do know what has happened to Christina, but what happened to her baby? And that is the question. 
If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Krista Nicole, you can contact the Richmond County District Attorney's Office at 718-556-7085. It's been a while since we've given you an update in the Vallow Daybell case because we haven't been around, but we're going to get caught up on everything by the end of next week. And it's no longer the Vallow Daybell case because they are being tried separately. Lori's trial will start on April 3rd and there's not yet a date for Chad's trial. We only know that they're completely separate. So yesterday a decision was made on the case that blew up social media. People have gone absolutely cray cray I mean, you can hear the angry thumb tapping on the phones, the keyboards. People have gone bonkers and the anger really has come through. So yesterday, Judge Boyce made a decision that because of evidence issues, he was going to take the death penalty off of the table. There was some evidence that should have been admitted by February 27th. The prosecution thought that it meant on February 27th, but there was also evidence that was given to the defense team after the 27th, which included all of the recordings of Chad's phone calls while he's been in jail, as well as some videos as well. I think it's over 3000 minutes. If I haven't heard, if I've heard that correctly, there's also the new DNA evidence, which still hasn't been tested which is still out there. It was the hairs that were discovered in December. But the judge felt that because of all of the issues with the with the evidence and the discovery that he had two choices. Either he could drop the charges or he could take the death penalty off of the table. Another choice that he had, and he chose not to take it, was to exclude all of the evidence that had been turned in late, and he decided that that was definitely not, a, not an option. So it came down to either dismissing it or taking the death penalty off, and that's what he did. He did say that... It also came down to the fact that if Lori hadn't have waived, if Lori had waived her right to a speedy trial, we would not be in this mess and there would be ample time to review all of the discovery and late evidence. And that's essentially the reason why he was forced to make a decision and why he decided to dismiss, dismiss the death penalty. I have mixed feelings about this. I am not one of those angry people on the other side of the keyboard. 
that just wants revenge. First of all, it's not about us. It's about the victims. It's about Tammy, JJ, and Tylee. That's number one. Number two, it ma- all it matters is that justice is served. If Lori is convicted and she is found guilty, then there are consequences. Either it's prison time or the death penalty. Well, we no longer have the death penalty. It's no longer an option. And my personal opinion is, and it has been forever and ever, and not just in this case, but in all cases in general, that for the victim's family, for the taxpayers, and also for it to be fair, I think people should have life without parole. When you have a death penalty case, it just gets stuck in appeals for years and years and years and the family gets drug back into it. Once they've been convicted and sentenced to life without parole, it's pretty much a done deal. It is what it is. It's going to be that way forever. Right? And death gives them reprieve. And that's why I think life without parole, no chance of parole, no parole hearings, no nothing, just be locked in there forever is what Lori deserves. But hey, everyone is entitled to their opinion and people are pretty upset right now. What she is being accused of is absolutely horrific and I would not wish that on anyone. And I believe that people who commit crimes like this against others and especially against children, there's a special place for them in hell and they can just rot in a hole forever and get be forgotten and just be gone. Why waste our breath talking about them? Thank you for letting me get on my soapbox for a minute there. I don't normally do that, but I thought in this case, my opinion should be heard. We'll have our regular bi-weekly episode for you up later today. I hope you enjoy it. And that's it for now. Talk at you tomorrow. That's it for today's daily episode. Don't forget daily episodes are Monday through Friday with your regular episodes on Wednesday and Friday. Please rate, subscribe, save, follow, and you can find us on social media at Hot Crime Cold Coffee. See ya!